This is easy motherfucking me, and you're listening to Real G Funk. Welcome back, everybody, to part two of the Money, Power, and Respect review. We're going to pick up right where we left off. We're going to go into the independent hustle. I like the independence that, you know, I think you were trying to touch on this, so I'll let you take it before I, I give my two cents. The subject money, it kind of just, like, touches that I forgot when the whole independent thing and rap, I don't know if it was like the year 2009 when it really got more more popular or a little bit less before. I, I really started hearing about the whole independent thing when, when Koch Records came into play. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it basically, um, I feel that it's the independent route, you know, because they talk about like the obvious about how much, you know, and, and obviously this kind of crosses over because, you know, the, the East Coast rappers, had a little bit more, um, how should I say, they had more opportunities, I believe, from big record labels. So they got to see a little bit more of the contracts. And you see, like, you know, Terror Squad member Triple Ace, which he was never really a, a hard-hitting Terror Squad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he was just, not, I don't want to say kind of lingering, but I, I, maybe some can say he was, like, the, the weakest link out of that group. They had an honorary member, Tony Touch, as a DJ. They had uh, Armageddon, which I believe he... He never and Triple Ace. I don't believe they never released any kind of a commercial releases. Then Cuban Link got shelved, and then it was just basically all you know. Then uh, they had a uh, Tony Sunshine singing hooks, and, and basically it was just um, it really it never really got outside on a big level uh, outside of uh, you know Pun and, and and Fat Joe and then and Cuban Link singles Cuban. Uh, Cuban Link songs on the radio, two or three that he had. But going back to what we we're talking about, like the 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 units that they were moving was was pretty interesting, dog. Because Sig Jackin says he he um, says they moved thirty to fifty thousand units independently for book one, with no promos or ads. Um, units we did like uh, between thirty and fifty on on book one, independent. You know what I mean? With no promotion, no ads, no radio, no nothing. It made me think, like, damn, like, I really like some of the songs on that first, you know, uh, those first two albums that they made, dog. Those those were fucking dope. Stone Garden, fucking Cycle City Blocks, and all the other shit, you know, uh, Tragedy.com, uh, Dysfunctional. Like, those were my fucking, those were my jams, you know? Right. Nah, definitely uh, fucking, uh, Cycle Realm did their thing, man. That first album's hard, and after that, they went a little bit mixtapey. It'll, yeah, I, good, I, you know, I didn't like any of that shit, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, and then after that, we know it, it says that uh, I'm trying to think about when did um, Slow Pain's Baby OG come out? Was it 1995? 1995, dog. So he said um, from so if that he said he moved up to date. So that documentary, let's just say, years. it you know to 2002, 2003. So in seven years, 57,000 units up to date at that time. So. My first album, I, you know, SoundScan is like 57,000 right now, you know. It's kind of just weird. It looks like, um, you know, to touch on it, like I said, the Chicanos compared to the East Coast, you know, like I said, they never really had too much experience with the big labels. Independent was the, was the, way, is the way to go for them, and that's how they always dealt with that, you know. And it's funny because, you know, Royal talks about, um, you know, he, he, had, he had success. But it, it's hard for homies to come up, you know, with the, how are you going to get the promotion and the money? A lot of these people don't understand the promotion because it, you have to hit the streets. They got to be willing to spend a little more money. We need to get in, we need to get in more magazines. We need to get on TV, commercials. We need to do that to blow up to the next level. But then he's out there saying that, hey, we got to get over the swap meets and the car shows and the posters. We've been there, done that, but... If there's no money, I mean, the independent way is that's the kind of promotion you're getting. That's the know? bread and butter, dog. You know, we could do flyers and posters all day, but that shit gets old, homie. You need to hit the front line. I think that's probably what's hurt. Like, there's so many things that have hurt the game, dog. Like, number one, I think um, the internet really fucked it all up for everybody, right? On, on all spectrums of the industry, like whether you're mainstream or not. But it also helped get your music out there to people that weren't going to listen to it before. At least that's how I came into music, right? Like, that's how I got to hear so much shit. 
And if I liked it, I was going to go out and buy it. You know what I mean? And that's how it's been for me. But um, I, I think... I, I think that's what's hurting the game, dog, is how people are going independent. Because the decentralization of people with no deals dropping music independently makes it for, hard for me as a fan to even find out who the fuck somebody is and when the fuck they're dropping something. You know what I mean? Like, at least with labels like Familia Records, they had, like, their advertisements on their own albums. You know what I mean? Like, you knew what to expect, kind of knew the quality. Like, okay... The in-house producer for this label sounds this way, you know what I mean? Or or this label puts out music that sounds a lot like this. So if I like this, I'm most likely gonna, likely gonna like that shit. But I think the going independent like makes it hard because I don't know who the fuck anybody is and I don't know what their sound is like and I don't know who they're fucking with, you know what I mean? Right, right. The first G-File album did okay. This last G-File album is doing, you know, we're at maybe 30 or 40,000. Wish Slow Pain would have talked about a little bit more about the Goodfellas album, the first one. And, G-Fellas? Yeah, Doug, I trip out on and, that shit. He says that they did talked about the second thousand On the second one. Yeah, you talking about the covers like with the Mexican flag and they're like staticky looking, right? Yeah. And it's just oh, him and you know, Brown missing, missing ALT. Yeah. yeah, okay. And um, And you know what? And then that's one thing that like, this actually, this always has, uh, this has always gone over my head. And, and and the way I see it, you know, if you're selling 100,000 records like you a little Rob or something like that, that man, that's where you want to be. Slow Pain talks about, like, you know, little Rob's success. I've never known how much success Little Rob has had. So getting props from Slow Pain, you know, a guy that was, you know, pushing units and, and it was heard of. I always overlooked uh, Shadow's crazy life success. And this was in the cusp of what, like, between Crazy Life and uh, I'm assuming there's a gap between Crazy Life and Natural Eye. Crazy Life came out in '96, and then it 96. got reprinted by um, it got reprinted by Familia in 1997. But Natural High, I think, came out in '99. That's sorry, '99. Yeah, I don't know why it's '99. Okay, so came out in 1999. '99, so there there wasn't no big gap. So so um. But keep in mind, dog. before that, uh, so I guess the Mayhem click was supposed to happen, right? So 1996, he comes out with his solo shit, clicks up with Shadow between 96 and 98, I guess. And that was supposed to be the Mayhem click, right? That didn't happen. And then we end up with Natural High in 99. So I guess he stayed pretty relevant. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, so it just kind of like, uh, you know, I... I would hear about Little Rob, but I, I never knew, I never really knew the magnitude of his success. Outside of that, um, it uh, it touches into the whole um, the Terror Squad beef, right? It it, it this it's like um, I don't want to, I'm not gonna touch on the whole uh, Fat Joe and Cuban link because that beef is still going on today. I mean, the last <laughs> thing I still heard, shots are still being like I said. Cuban Link calls him out, and then like Fat Joe just subliminally sends a message. And the last thing I heard, just Fat Joe was criticized for not attending um, Big, Big Pun's uh, or no Big Pun's a uh, street ceremony that he got named. He didn't attend oh. the street ceremony. Oh, know, they actually got the street named after him. Oh, yeah. The last thing I heard was that because he was a wife beater, that the city wasn't gonna name a, a street after him. Oh wow. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I thought they, I thought they did do it. So, man, see, so like I said, it's still. No, I mean, this is years ago. Dog. I, I didn't know anything recent. Oh, okay, so why the fuck does Royal keep on saying that Little Rob is from Delmar? Like to this fucking day, I think that was, I think that was Shadow. No, no, that, that, that was that was Royal. He said it on Tony A's show. He even said it on the on the thing here. He says like gang banging in Delmar, homie. What the fuck? And I'm just like, dog, why the fuck doesn't he just say Solana Beach? Because Del Mar and Solana Beach are two different fucking places. You know what I mean? It'd be like saying National City and Chula Vista right. and getting those two confused. Like, right. those are completely different fucking cities and towns. You know what I mean? Right. Solana Beach is not Del Mar. Let me just throw that out there. Right. <laughs> uh, outside the... Um... The beefs on the Chicano rap side, they aren't to look into. I mean, you just have a shadow and little one, you know, they're, they, they, 
they talked some stuff about Little Rob, you know, about his uh, overpronounced uh, solo slang, over-emphasized um, over, over accent. You thought I was coming, but I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, then after that, they just, um, the second- That was my criticism too, dog. Like, I didn't, I didn't like low pro Little Rob because of those fucking reasons. The, Simone. You know what I mean? The, um, all that shit like that I didn't like the direction that that Royal you know managed Little Robin I refused to listen to Little Robin the low pro era it, after that you know it, it gets into uh, people get to take their they get their uh, aim their shots at Frost you know Frost has been known as like a, to be a real cocky dude that he thinks he's the you know he thinks he's high and mighty the end all be all and that everyone should praise him and that you know he kind of looks down upon to people that are even more talented than him you know so you know like that's a professional the thing, bridge like, burner you know he would step across the line habitually he's a habitual line stepper i, I will give frost his props for for the magnitude of la raza but I think that, like, yeah, he has stepped on way too many people's toes. You know what I mean? And I don't know what the whole thing was about him downplaying Diego, dog. Like, he went up and started to talk shit about us. That he wasn't, you know, he, he we went on his level. And, and then just talking shit. Talking about, like, down, down talking Diego. We found nothing but love. You know, like I said, but. I don't think Kid Frost understands the significance of San Diego in Chicano rap. And I don't think he I think, understands I think he that. knows. I think he knows. I think now he knows. But at, at that time that this shit was coming out, I don't think he understood right. that shit, right? Because, again, you know, Frost is coming in with his fucking nose up in the air, talking about, oh, I'm fucking, I'm on MTV. I got a record deal. I was on Ruthless. Like, he thinks he's tossing his fucking weight around. You know what I mean? And it's just like fucking Night Owl said, right? I think he said this on the ALR podcast. Shout out to GPA and all and ALR. Frost came up and, you know, when when Night Owl met him, he's like, Kid Frost, Big East LA or some shit like that. When I met him, uh, I remember he introduced himself to me and he's like, I'll never forget this, homie, because he's all, what's up, homie? This is Kid Frost, Big East LA. And Night Owl retorts with, what's up, homie? Night Owl, Wap Town Gang, Big San Diego. And he just looked at me and I looked at him like, what's up motherfucker you know what i mean and <clears throat> nothing nothing happened out of that but he just looked at me like he didn't expect for me to come at him like that he was from an actual neighborhood versus you know get frost trying to just throw his weight around and right. you know i've said this before but kid frost is not he's not chicano rap he was electro rap that became latin rap Try to ride the wave of gangster rap, and once the mainstream had enough of him, that's when he tried to join the underground. You know what I'm saying? Like he Back. wasn't a part of the Chicano rap. You know, you would find like Frost. You wouldn't find him in the Chicano rap section. You would find him in just regular section. But Frost might have came out first overall, as far as uh, professionally. But I was rapping just as long as he was or before he was but i was doing it straight barrio i wasn't doing no hip-hop bullshit i was doing it for the hood you know what i mean i was fucking yeah. set tripping gang banging doing music for the hood they weren't doing music for the hood they was fucking trying to rap like far side and fucking hip-hop scooby the weebop bullshit fuck all that this is what goes back to what I'm saying about Frost downplaying the significance of San Diego in this fucking genre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, even uh, even Baby Bass, you know, gets to, um, you know, even Kate, well, Conan says, Conan speaks for him. But even he <laughs> says that, um, that fucking, he felt that Baby Bass, we you know, had to leave him. You know, he had to go another <laughs> route because he felt that yeah. fucking Frost was holding him back. And he had to go out to Texas to go do his thing out there. So. Fuck you, Frost. That's why nobody in your camp hangs out with you. Even Baby Beach told us the same shit. He went to fuck with South Park Mexican because you were trying to hold them back and down. Those are his yeah, words. Sorry, true. Baby Beach, but I'm the real. Kid Frost was not liked from day one. You know what I mean? And when I say not liked, I mean like people were pulling his card, right? One of the first groups to diss Kid Frost was this group from Norwalk. So shout out to 
Norwalk's Most Wanted. They were dissing Frost and his camp. And I think AOT even acknowledged it in, in one of the interviews, how they got dissed by Norwalk's Most Wanted. Right. And this was as early as 1992, dog. How many diss songs were to AOT? Can you think of any? No. There was one, but I won't mention it. <laughs> there was one. Really? There was one. Way in the early days. Norwalk's Most Wanted. Your fat ass Frost. Yeah, my motherfucking boss, you too fat for the thin line punch. ALT, sell out our race some more, you little fucking bitch. Mellow, at least you have the boss to admit you sold out. <laughs> but other than that, nobody dissed me. You know why? How many people have you ever heard me diss? Huh? Nobody. Frost had his beef, and that's my boy, and I love him to death. And I backed him up on him. You know what I mean? But I was very careful about what I put out in the market. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then you had, like, you know, the uh, the obvious animosity that Brownside had against uh, Kid Frost and shit, too, you know? They were label mates, and they didn't fucking like Frost. Frost, light of shit of brown. All right, we, you can't even put him in our category. Not even on that tip. No. Nah. They have their own thing going. I don't know what it is, but they have their own thing going. They have their own thing going. Yeah. And, and Kid Frost has a, like you said, he's a professional bridge burner, so. He's a habitual line stepper. And then outside of that, it, you know, the, the beef segment also touches on, I'm kind of actually surprised is maybe because black people didn't care. I don't know. But as, as big as Cypress Hill Probably. is, as, as big as Cypress Hill is, because I'm always get that Cypress Hill. They say that, um, you know, uh, that Cypress Hill ain't that everybody, but I always believe that it was ghetto white boys and Mexicans that were buying Cypress Hill. Yes. yes. But it's, you know, and the, plus, kids. And, and the stoner kids and the skaters and the suburban kids. But as big as Cypress Hill got, you know, you ever notice that the, 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 the beef always staying inside, it always kind of staying behind closed doors. I was burned out on, you know, all the critics talking shit. You know, the Source magazine and all these magazines talking about, you know, Send Dog couldn't bring it and Send Dog sucks and all this and that, you know what I mean? And uh, it was honestly causing problems, you know, within the band, within Muggs and I. And for a long time, you know, it, it was like I would held it up inside because uh, there was nobody that I should really tell that shit to other than Muggs. And until he and I got together one day and, and we had dinner at my house and shit, and, you know, we got drunk and high and we told each other everything. But, he didn't like about me. I told him what I didn't like about him. And, you know, versus them, shit, we've been straight. We got no problems at all. You know, so I never knew too much about their beef. I know that there was a beef here and there. They would take, like, you know, switch out members, switch out DJs. And, would, but it seems like uh, they never, there was never really touched on. It was just pretty much at one point, just the label, the agents. Or who knows what they just looks like they just wanted to be Cypress Hill to be more like a just like it would be real act. When you first get famous and got a lot of money and shit, people try to get in your ear and that, you know before you know, you know, hey man, you guys don't need that dude, man. You guys could do it yourself, man. And that's another thing, you know, another guy you don't have to pay. There's more money for you guys, and that's what they were telling them. That's what people was telling them. You know what I mean? And you know, I guess they felt that that was the way to go. You know what I'm saying? So. I find that weird and, and like uh, fucking Send Dog says it right like he felt he was burnt out on hip hop that he was tired of the critics talking shit that the source was saying it couldn't rap and his departure affected the live performances and shit and um, you know that the whole thing about the critics saying that he was whack I was burnt out on you know all the critics talking shit you know the source magazine and all these magazines talking about you know Send Dog couldn't bring it and Send Dog sucks and all this and that you know what I mean well, I didn't really care too much about Be Real, and I still don't care. You know what I mean? But I thought that that Send Dog was more versatile, was more entertaining, and just had a better voice and better delivery. And, you know, I think he, when he says, like, he got tired, like, it finally got to him that people are saying that he was whack. I think Mac 10 even uh, says that in the diss, right? In, in the King of the Hill song, or I think it was Ice Cube, he says, like, uh, well, which says, uh, Send Dog is so wacky and even worth dissing. Yeah. 
And you know what I mean? Like to me, you know, Send Dog was the one that kicked it off for everyone on the block, right? Um, I liked him best out of the group. And sometimes I wonder if that criticism came because, you know, I think you've said this before too, that he's the one that represented more, right? You look at him and, you know, like bald head, the fucking with the, with the brocha. The and he looks tan. like a fucking homie. He's just really tanned. You know what I mean? With the Lokes and everything, the fucking Charlie Brown and Pendletons and shit. Like to me, I, I always saw Send Dog and I was like, ah, this fool can't be Cuban. This is this fool's gotta be Mexican, you know what I mean? Like and, and he always presents himself as a homie too, that's which is weird. You listen to Send Dog and you listen to to the way that he comes off and you really sounds like a fucking cholo, you know what I mean? Right. I think he's a lot more talented than Wack Ten, dog. Like to me, Wack Ten was the weakest link in, in Westside Connection. Uh, in comparison to Send Dog, you know, Send Dog is a multi-talented. The motherfucker's bilingual. He sounds a lot better rapping in Spanish than Be Real, that's for sure. He kickstarted the career for DBX, right, which was the precursor to fucking Cypress Hill. And then Cypress Hill, Delinquent Habits, you know, he's the one that produced the first two albums, I think. And then he went on and did that that rock band. Yeah, rock he did like band. a. SX10, I think, is what yeah, they were called. Yeah, he did his own thing. Yeah, he did his own yeah. thing. Motherfucker's you know, so multi-talented. With the rock and band, yeah. He's right. I was the person who started everything on the block that led to the groups and all that shit, so... What are you going to say about WAC-10? You know, I, I can't think of anything positive to say about the weakest link in fucking West Side Connection. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is there a song that I like here and there? Yeah, but I, I don't think he's as talented as Sendog. But it makes you wonder, dog, like, did Send Dog get all that criticism because of the way that he came off? Right? Like, That's... are they hating on him because he, he represented like a fucking homie or, or what? Very good fucking point to prove. Very good point. You know, maybe who knows? Maybe they were like, hey, we're trying to go this route. We're trying to go this route. And now, you know, you're kind of steering away. And it's funny because, like, um, after that, what did Be Real do? He still did his thing, but he's the one that did the features he's the one that just kept doing the more features with the more prominent black artists you know he yeah. joined other groups he, like I said Brazil is very versatile but you remember even I mean well even be real like I said you never know how they're feeling you know be real even at one point like I said was presenting himself for a homie for a while you know being all up with a joker shaving his head you know being a, a honorary member of like a cycle realm so Cypress Hill definitely deserves he's a, a, a subject to talk about he definitely deserves a conversation of its own, an episode of, of their own, but... And I've said um, this before, dog, like, I can't deny the impact, the influence and the legacy that fucking Cypress Hill has had on Chicano culture you know what I mean, but I will criticize him for the way that he has represented it you know what, what? I mean right uh, what about the incident Okay. Did I go first? Go go first, dog, because I got a lot more shit to unpack here. Okay. See what happens. You know what? I'm gonna. What is it? When they say, uh, "I'm gonna play the fence here," you know, or is that how you say it? Play both sides of the fence, or I forgot how you say it. But uh, um, you gonna play the good cop, bad cop? Yeah. So, like I said, so many questions to ask. It. So many questions to ask. So many situations. So many angles. All I can say is this, man. Every, everyone handles situations differently. I mean, who knows here? I mean, do was little one about to do something and maybe he just took too much time or maybe he just didn't want no smoke or maybe he didn't expect the black photo swing or maybe he did expect the black photo swing. Maybe they were going to jump him. Things went wrong. I'm just shocked they made the documentary. I'm, I'm uh, surprised that it's so, like, and they were like, hey, man, you got to cut that out, man. That's going to going to kill my career, you know? And and here's the thing I was I was saying earlier, dog. Like when I was first giving Chicano rap a chance, 
it left a bad taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? And this is before Night Owl got slapped, right? This is when I saw the way that little one was getting down. I was like, what the fuck is this shit, dog? And, and you know, the, keep in mind, dog, like... Fuck, man. There's so much to unpack here. So much to unpack. So, you know, I saw this when... With 2005, I think, was the first time I came around this. And it, it did leave a bad taste in my mouth. And I wasn't digging little one for a long time because of this incident. I think, I think that... Um, I think it made San Diego look bad for letting a black guy or a Samoan sucker punch the yato that was calling him out, right? Because, you know, little ones from a, a well-respected neighborhood. I, I expected to see little one handled it differently. Like, hey, dog, if you're going to fucking catch a fade because someone called you out for whatever fellow was going on there, he should have handled it. You know what I mean? And uh, this is 20 years after the fact, but or almost 20 years. But I, I, I thought that was some sucker shit. You know what I mean? And I love Little One's music, and I've said it so many times. I think he's one of the, the most lyrical people in the genre. But when I saw this shit, I was like, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? And then, and then afterwards, after the fact that happened, he's like bragging about it. He's like... Like, he was going to do something himself. And he wasn't, dog. And, and to have his bodyguard lay that fool out with the sucker punch, like, that was some sucker shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to say this. Come on, I was trying to keep it cool, you know what I mean? Raul was tapping on my shoulder telling me the police. I said, all right, fuck it. He should have just fucking taken the, the, the you know, if, if he was going to throw down and he got his ass kicked, oh, well. At least he didn't fucking duck the fade. You know what I mean? But, right. I think that 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 said a lot more to let somebody else handle that shit. You know what I mean? And, and then what's crazy is because you know, like like how you just labeled the black dude his bodyguard. That's what he's known for, his bodyguard. And it probably wasn't even his bodyguard to begin with. That's just hey man, that's what he got labeled, man. They all labeled yeah. him the bodyguard. So, um, uh, with after that, the the documentary just kind of cuts away from from a subject. You know, just uh beefs looks like beef just ends and then it just cuts into like um honestly i thought the oh it goes hating. To, to, oh hating. actually well before right before it gets that i think it this is not even a beef this just it's just like i said a, something that happened i believe the fernando vargas thing should have been scratched out it, it was cool that he made a cameo and gave his opinion but the documentary needed more sinful it was more like you know we were the first latino artists on the label so it was kind of hard for them to, you know what I'm saying? They didn't know which angle to go, you know what I'm saying, with the Latin stuff. And plus, back then, 93, 94, nobody was really up on that, you know what I'm saying, with the Spanish rap, you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, how do we, we uh, market these guys, you know? And, you know, we were hitting the wrong markets, you know? A lot of the shows that we were doing were in the wrong spots, you know? Uh, it, it, yeah. Simple was there, very limited. As a matter of fact, I was actually shocked. How tall is that motherfucker? That motherfucker dunked. <laughs> I was actually pretty shocked by that. So I don't know unless they lowered down the court. But um, after that, it does go it, before uh, it, we talk about the whole hate, the, the crabs in the bucket. Uh, I actually, there's just a female rapper, and she actually is the one that gets down the most in that damn documentary, even if she was reciting a song. Um, she goes by Saban Seven from Lithium Records. She was cool. Um, she showed some talent, but I never found anything out about her anything after that you know so. um i think sick jackin is a smart guy dude like i think he has a really insightful shit to say you know what i mean and latinos you know what i mean we, we fucking tend to just i mean i don't know if, if they call us crabs in a bucket you know what i mean because when one of us is climbing up you know the other ones tend to drag down and shit and he's somebody that i would like to see have a podcast because he's so articulate so very thoughtful with what he says and, and right. a lot of the shit that he says is very true like I, I can't find myself disagreeing with it you know what I mean unlike you've heard me disagree with fucking Bobo and the Cypress Hill camp <laughs> and everything they fucking said you know what I mean <laughs> and it's not that I hate on them it's just that I have a lot of shit to critique because a lot of the shit they say is just shit out of their asses but Cypress Hill I mean by um, the fucking Sick Jackin you know when he says yeah it's a fucking crabs in a bucket mentality 
yeah, you know, the first thing we want to know when we hear a rapper is like, what neighborhood is he from? Now everybody wants to know what value does he claim? Let me go back to Kid Frost when he first came out. La Raza blew up overnight, okay? I heard many Chicanos, before they said that they liked that song that was dope, here's what they were worried about. I wonder where he's from. You know what I mean? It's not like, shit, does he have more material or not? It's like the first, first thing we want to know is what neighborhood is he from? Is his paperwork right? Is he in a gang file? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, and... my, my, um, actually, that's the first time I actually even ever heard when I watched a documentary. That's the first time I ever heard the term crabs in a bucket. Then after that, mm-hmm. I started hearing it uh, left and right. And yeah, like you said, uh, then on top of that, you know, our, our own people, man, even our people that are in the streets, you know, that aren't banging, they're the ones that, you know, they, they, our own people hold us back you know they don't want to take a listen they already feel like they have they feel like i like all these uh, chicano rap critics they feel like they know everything there is about chicano rap fucking listen to one or two songs see one or two awful album covers and they just think that they haven't figured it all out it's weird i've even had people like um oh you listen to mr shadow and then they and then uh they they'll even recite like some like overpronounced accent, you know, Cholo slang, which he doesn't do. And I'm like, okay, why even get into it with that guy? It's, it's clear that, you know, he doesn't do that. You know? I, I, don't, I don't get why so. we found accents like that, but then we're okay with fucking reciting shit from the South. Dog, do you know how I, I don't listen to fucking um, UGK, dog? I think UGK is terrible because I can't fucking stand their accent. I can't stand the way that they pronounce shit, dog. It bothers the fuck out of me, dog. Like, Southern rappers, I just can't stand the way they speak because it's so ignorant. There ain't nothing there they can do to eat things for somebody. Man, look at this thing, man. Man, this boy's dating, man. You know what I'm talking about? For real, you can have it too, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like these motherfuckers make a two-syllable, make one-syllable word into two syllables. Like, pimp. That's good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it, it bugs good. the fuck out of me, dog. Like, when I, I, I can't listen to UGK, dude. I can't listen to Pimp C. I can't listen to Bun B because of the way they fucking sound. I can't listen to, to these bones. other Southern rappers. <laughs> like, yeah, dog. I'm just like, I can't fucking stand Southern rappers, dog. And it's embarrassing to see that this is, like, the route that rap music took for the last 20 years. But going back to, like, us sabotaging each other you know like fucking frost you know t- take a look at him for instance like i'll give frost credit for a lot of things right i'll give him a credit for for dropping a gem like fucking you know an anthem like la raza i'll give him props for putting homies on or, and when i say homies i'm talking about you know chicanos in general right you put on fucking alt he put on lawless you know like and this was quality music that they were putting out right slow pain uh nino b um and so many other people that were in that that camp but at the same time like you hear all these stories of fucking frost just stepping on everybody's toes you know what i mean like you know he would step across the line habitually he's a habitual line stepper i remember like frost not talking to Letter Shade of Brown, right? And we would be doing shows in the same city. It's it's hard, dog. It's 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 I don't know why why we behave like that, you know, and you know, no one talks about the hate we get from hip hop's majority though, you know what I mean? Like we can say that we're crapped in a bucket in the and all all day long till our fucking faces turn blue, but how come no one's talking about the hate we get from hip hop's majority, you know? Uh if you're not black, you're white, right? That's the way that, that black people view us. Yeah. We we both know that hip-hop is predominantly black industry. Mm-hmm. Did you ever face any racial tension, any racial discrimination mm-hmm. when you were in the studio with black artists? Well, you're pretty much the only, if you will, white guy, Mexican guy in yeah. the studio. So my question to you is, did you ever feel that? Of course. Race has a lot to do with it. I got, dude, I got past, they didn't even ever shake my hand till somebody, the artist said, hey, this is the homie nut. He made the beat. Right. Like, all, every time. The part that was whack was that, that I was like, nobody knew who I was. Right. Because I was a Mexican kid. Right. And they didn't want a Mexican kid to get no shine. And, you know what I mean? Like, you can, you can talk about anything you want, but at the end of the day, like, how many black audiences 
or black hip hop listeners listen to another rapper that isn't black besides Eminem. You know what I mean? Right. In which on to the next segment, right? Two points that I just want to go ahead and, and run across is that I just, you know, obviously in Chicano rap, you know, obviously gangbanging has, um, like I said, has affected the uprise of us. There's a lot of you know, street politics too involved and shit that really, you know, fuck up scene and shit, but. So I, so, I, so I get introduced to Dre and all that, and we're sitting next to each other, right? Dre, you need to fuck with a homie, one of the homies. He looked at me, and he just like looked at me, right? And he's like, man, I'll be honest with you, man, I want to, but the shit you got, the shit that you guys got, that shit is real. I was like, what we do, this blood and shit that we do is entertainment. What you guys do is too real. And this is the music business. But only two things I'm just going to just cut it short on that is what if Duke would have never gotten shot? I wonder, I want to, what if? I wonder how big where could Saku Rome still go? Even though they, even though, go ahead, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, Sick Jack and does his things all over Latin and South America, Mexico. He tours really well down mm-hmm. there. And then on top of that, what if when Little Rob got shot, what if actually it did infect the speech or maybe he could have been gone? Like, where would Chicano rap be? What, who would have been the guy to blow up? Or where would Chicano rap be? Did he harm us? Did he help us? You know, I, I'll, I'll say this with certainty, dog. And I'll say this specifically about L.A. rappers. L.A. rappers, and I'm talking about Chicano rappers. L.A. fools have been so fucking spoiled LA Fools had the backdrop of Hollywood, the support of just being from LA, right? One of the largest entertainment markets in the fucking world. And, and that's the sad part because LA, I like to say, and I believe this is true, the entertainment capital of the world. Yes. This is Hollywood, bro. Yes. They had the benefit of connections with Easy E and other mainstream artists. They had top notch production from Tony G, Tony A. You had motherfuckers that were going big like Ralph M and, and you know, the Ralph M the funkiest. Yeah, Ralph M the funky Mexican from the funk dubious. You had fucking, um, you know, Tony A who was, you know, I guess he considers uh, uh, DJ Quick to be his camp, right? Uh, second to none, AMG, High uh, C. Like that's all his camp, right? All these LA motherfuckers have the privilege of just having LA and Hollywood being the backdrop, the connections, the plugs, the production, the top-notch, you know, engineering for for music, and they fell fucking flat. So, if Duke was around, like I don't think it would have been any fucking different. I think they would have still had the same amount of success they have right now. I don't think they would have gotten mainstream or anything like that. And I think that would have been more of a of a personal choice. But I think Chicano rap is just, it's been hindered, dog. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's a lot of things that have hindered its growth. External factors, um, street politics, right? Because I think even Cynic from uh, Street Platoon has mentioned that there's too much street politics affiliated with this shit, right? There's a lot of you know, street politics too involved in shit that really, you know, fuck up scene and shit, but... Definitely, I think gang problems, you know, goes down in the in the Hispanic and the Mexican community. I mean, definitely, but and and fucking Omar Cruz and and um and Rome have said this right. Like they claim to have spoken to Dr. Dre, and Dr. Dre told them like the shit that you guys do, like that's way too real. What we do, the blood and crip shit, is is entertainment. What you guys do is way too real. And which, I think that which was funny because. Like I, I'm not saying I question that conversation, but um, Omar Cruz isn't really in that realm. You know, he never experimented with that realm. I mean, he's had a collabs with you know Chicano rappers, one song, but you know he was never really Chicano rap. So it was kind of weird that he was having that conversation. Like if he was Chicano rap, but he's not. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's speaking for us without yeah. being with us. You know what I mean? Who knows, dog? But the whole thing is, I've said that before so many fucking times, dog, is that it's 
you you can't fake the funk being in Chicano rap, right? And I think uh, earlier in the video, um, you hear what's his name, um, Little Demon, right? And he throws up his neighborhood, right? He's like Old Town Pico or Old Town Rivera, whatever the fuck he says. He's like, read the chest, motherfucker, sur. It says, fuck Royal Flea, fuck uh, Pablito, use a trick, you know, fuck trick a lick, use a bitch or whatever. You read what it says on the chest, right? Sued, homie, Southside, Rivera gang. Can't fuck with this. Fuck Royal Flea, punk. Fuck trick a lick. Pablito, use a bitch. Anybody down with you, fuck you too, homie. Old Town, Puto Rivera, Viejo gang. The fact that he's already talking shit about you know music and labels and throwing his neighborhood on top of that like that's the shit that really yeah dog because it's like think about it like how many homies from logan do you think listen to little one right right how many homies do you think from fucking logan listen to homies from shelltown right to listen to little uh what's his name young sick and little al and whoever else is from uh shell shock entertainment right like you gotta think about like that neighborhood shit like that that really hinders Chicano rap right like the and it's weird to say that the authenticity of Chicano rap is what hinders it you know it's, it's a fucking trip well what about this before we give our closing thoughts we have one last subject the big one what is it the elephant in the room a subject that God damn, this is a subject all over America. <laughs> the end where other people that aren't black using the N-word. Now, this we're narrowing down to obviously this documentary and our people and people that are considered part of Latin America. What are your thoughts? Because I know you got a real good take on this. The word nigga. Alright, dog. Here's the thing. I don't like the word and that's one of the reasons why I started listening to Chicano rap because I got so sick of hearing that fucking word on every fucking song and not just like once or twice like if you look at a fucking rap song these every other word that's just not cool it, dog, that, that song is littered throughout every fucking rap song and it's not just once or twice dog it's in there like in, in a 16 bars it's gonna be there at least 16 times you know what <laughs> I mean <laughs> and, and like um, I think I've shared it with you know with our little group here with, with Jeepers um, AOLR and, and yourself uh, fucking what's his name uh, the game, right? He, I think he recently he apologized about some lyrics that he said in the song because some blood got shot in front of a fucking or some motherfucker got shot in front of that Nipsey Hussle uh, thing, right? That mural. And he he says, he drops the M-bomb like, I don't know, dog, in 16 seconds, he probably drops it like every other word. Any nigga, any, any niggas that, uh, you know, any LA, you know, Bloods, nigga, Crips, anybody, nigga, that know me, nigga know what it is with me and know I stand on my word and you know like nigga niggas sometimes niggas you know just nigga make mistakes so you know that's my bad if anybody was offended I'm gonna rectify the situation like I said and it's just it sounds so fucking ignorant dog and that's the whole reason I started I why I really gave Chicano Rap a chance was because it was my escape from hearing that fucking word and now to feel just to hear Mexicans try to make the 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 excuse of why we should say it. Oh, I grew up in XYZ city. Motherfucker, you are growing up in a city that's never been more Mexican than the last 20 fucking years. Compton, Inglewood, South Central, Watts. South Central, Watts, Compton, Long Beach. These fucking places haven't been more Mexican than the last 20 years, dog. You can even you know say I mean? even you can even almost say almost 30 years. In, in the last, dog, I, I, so when I arrived in this country, dog, I landed in Compton. I went to Tibia Elementary for, for a year before I ended up switching out. When I was there, dog, my class, granted, I was in a, a you know, Spanish speaking class, you know, but my classmates, yes, uh, Reese's, 
I think I took I think it was ESO. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I didn't even fucking speak English. I just spoke Spanish. So I was just observing people talking in a language that I didn't understand. But yeah, I, I went to school with all Mexicans, dude. I went to I saw more white kids in school than I saw black kids. You can fucking look that shit up. You know what I mean? And I was in Compton. I went to Tibby Elementary. And you hear me speak and you don't hear a fucking accent. You don't hear me talk like a black person. Right? So for people that say like, oh, I grew up in Compton. That's why I sound this way. Nah. Shut the fuck up. You grew up <laughs> in Compton when it was already Mexican. Like, I'll give you a few examples, dog. People that actually grew up with hip hop when it was predominantly black. When you listen to Tony A, he doesn't sound like a black guy. Agreed. He has a, a very thick... Not a Mexican accent, but you can tell that he speaks Spanish a lot. You know what I mean? That that it comes off in his English. La Raza blew up overnight. Okay. I heard many Chicanos before they said that they liked that song that was dope. Here's what they were worried about. I wonder where he's from. When you listen to Tony G speak, Tony G grew up in the fucking, you know, DJing in the 80s. You know what I mean? He was a, a mix master for fucking K-Day. When you listen to him speak... He doesn't sound like a typical Cuban from fucking Florida. He doesn't sound like Cuban Link, a Cuban from fucking New York. He sounds like he's Chicano. Hey, Spencer, hey, blah, blah, blah. Hey, dog, you know, we're just trying to make sure everything's good because our people and I'm doing this thing. He's like, all right, Holmes, but this is what's got to crack, blah, blah, blah. And I just, my only words to him was, all right, big dog, you got to do what you got to do. We'll see you tonight. When you listen to... Uh, I'm not sure if you follow this guy, but his name's Compton David, or yeah, Compton David on on Instagram. The, You've probably he's seen all, the pictures. That's all, he's all black. Yeah. yeah. When you listen to him speak, he grew up in Compton in the fucking 70s, probably in the 60s when it was all black. And you listen to him speak, this fool sounds like he grew up in a Mexican home, uh, right? At, so at, it's like I, least, I don't. At least pop real excuse. quick. At least props to uh, uh, to Cuban Link on the section. At least he said he wants to try to drop it. We just got a bad habit over here saying that shit. Ain't no, it's definitely one of my resolutions to stop saying that too. He wants to cheat. He wanted to try to stop saying it that he knows he wasn't down with it. You know, and <laughs> yeah. but he says it. You know what I mean? At least he didn't. At least he was fucking. Como keeping it one hundred. So. Exactly, dog. And you know, here's the thing. Be real. On the other hand, you, be real. On the other hand, he, you know, he says, you know, he he just so show signs like, hey, man, it's just a way of uh, camaraderie, you know, brotherhood in a way. That. Fuck all that shit, dog. Fuck all and, that uh, shit. Little one, little one was hilarious. So he said, I say whatever the fuck I want on my records. That shit was pretty <laughs> hilarious. I say whatever the fuck I want to say on my shit. You know what I mean? Period. I'm not gonna deny that these rappers haven't said it. Uh, AOT has said it on record. Slow Pain has said it on record. Uh, Nino B has said it on record. Shadow has said it on a record. Night Owl it's has been said it on a record. It's, it's been, been experimented. experimented lightly, right? lightly. It's been experimented and, and, and this lightly. was all in this around the same time, dog. Like from like '99 to like 2002, like you heard them try to throw it in there, and like I'm assuming there was a lot of backlash. And these motherfuckers just didn't bring it up again, right? But at the end of the day, dog, like... We can actually know, go earlier, you know? It was like, what, Shadows Till I Die and then the Night Owls album, too? We can actually yeah, go a little dog. earlier, lightly. So, you know, and and when Slowpain says, like, hey, if you've been to jail, it'll never come out of your mouth, right? Motherfuckers been in jail, and young, that'll never come out their mouth. I think homies need to get start, you know, checking little homies saying that shit, right? Like... Even fucking Aqua said it, right? Like, they got checked. They just said on their interview with, with Volume Radio, like, they went to jail, or I think they were in county, and they slipped out, and they got put on check. You know what I mean? Dog, that dude, that Happy Perez, man, he was happy to drop the N-word. Jesus Christ, man. Dog, do you think they talk to their grandmas like that, dog? They if don't. you don't talk to your grandma like that, like, I don't believe that you fucking say it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or your mom. <laughs> or your mom. You know what I mean? Like, Especially if... Especially if your mom, you know, like I said, especially if she's like, especially if you're the first, a lot of these people are like, you know, they're like between like what? First and second, um, what is it? Second born of America, uh, first or second, mm -hmm. third generation Mexicans, Mexican Americans, but you know, I think little Rob said it best. You know, I don't say it because I'm not black. That's it's as simple as that, dog. 
No, I won't say that. What? Plain and simple, I'm not black. I'm not gonna try to rap black. We got earth slang. We don't need to use black slang. If you're gonna say like, oh, saying the word doesn't make me any less, me any less Mexican, that's like, you know, saying, oh, I'm a guy, uh, but sucking dick isn't gay. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're a faggot. You know what I mean? Like, you just get over it, you know? Uh, what was pretty actually uh, really interesting, I see Baby Bash's take on the end, right? Oh, God. When he and, says that uh, he used to get called the taco, that was yeah. fucking embarrassing. Oh, my God, dog. Go, uh, say your shit because I, yeah, I got some shit I, to say about it's that. Like, it's not like he got called, hey, compadre, hey, amigo, hey, compa, you know, hey, carnal. No, he got called taco. I, I, I think he was just trying to think some shit on the top of his head to try to justify. Me. I'm riding Vallejo, you know what I'm saying? They just call me Taco. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, it's funny. We laugh at this shit, but you know? What I thought was interesting, though, is that, you know, Baby Bash, you know, obviously he advocates, you know, about his surroundings. But then I thought it was really hilarious that, like, when he went from Baby Beach to Baby Bash, and then he got success with the Smoking Nephew album with the single Sugar Sugar, I've noticed that every single, like I said, I, I got, I listened to my, you know, fair amount of bash and was, he never once said the N-word after Sugar Sugar. So any commercial release that he had, he never dropped the N-bomb. So. <laughs> do, do you remember how much, how much flack uh, Jennifer Lopez got for dropping it? On the oh, song yeah. with Ja Rule? I remember the song, but I, I, yeah, damn, dude, I forgot. I know that, I know that she said it, but I forgot what kind of the heat that she got from it. She got a lot of flack, and I was like, why? You know what I mean? She grew up in the Bronx. I, and when I see J-Lo, I see clear black features on her, right? She clearly, like, like Cardi B, dog, you look at Cardi B and you're like, you're Dominican, but you have a lot of black ancestry. You know what I mean? Right? I can see clear black African ancestry in, in her family. But when I look at Fat Joe, Fat Joe is on the opposite end. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen pictures Fat, of his face. Fat Joe is like fucking fair skinned, green eyed. Like, I, I want to say that if this fool has hair, it's probably light brown or blonde. You know what I mean? Fat, Fat Joe's parents look like they shot by Norky. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, or you know what? I I actually was just real quick. I was actually real, really disappointed that when they asked Cardi B about her, you know, her heritage and her ancestry, she had no idea that there was Native American in her bloodline. Hmm. Yeah, she. I, I got to find you that Breakfast Club interview and send you the clip. It's embarrassing. She's making stuff up of what, you know, of what she is. Because, you know, obviously she knows that it's, she goes like, oh, it's black with mixed with Spaniard. It completely leave the Native American part out. But my bad, dog. I got to go ahead. And, I don't know if we're, where we were going from there. Um, I, well, uh, my well, I mean, you know, she caught a lot of flack for, for dropping that word. And again, like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. And that's the whole reason why I, I hardly listen to black rap. Like, sometimes I'll throw on, like, some of the old shit that I used to listen to. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, God, like, I just I can't stand the fucking word, bro. And just to hear it on a record so many times and now hearing Mexicans trying to make the excuse of why they should be able to say it. It's like, no, dude, it, it's it's totally unnecessary. Like, first of all, if you're, if you're thinking of using it, is it necessary? Yeah. Like, what? Why is this fucking word even necessary in their fucking vocabulary? You know, it's it's embarrassing. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, dude, if I hear my fucking kid talking like that in my fucking house, yeah, I'm smacking him to the fucking head. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, I, I went to school with a fair amount of black people. I grew up with some black people. I never felt comfortable using the word. Never. I mean, have I said it when I couldn't help it when I'm listening growing up to rap music at, at, in the confinements of my own pad because, you know, I'm, I'm digging the song? Of course. But I've never once, I've even been, I guess I've been, I've been given the pass before, passes I guess were brought up and I never once took on it. I, and even when I was with my homies that were Raza, I never once, even, I never once were calling them the N word. Never feel comfortable. It's just a word that, like I said, I, I don't use, you know, so.
Um, yeah, you know, dog, it's just, I don't think it's necessary. That's the thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I find it stupid when I hear black people say it. And I hear it, I hear it on the rap song. I'm like, ah, does it need to be fucking said? You know what I mean? And and it's like, it's not like it's just said once, dog. It's like, you hear it in a rap song and you're just like, dog, you said it 16 times in 16 bars. Like, it actually it also makes, um, it actually makes also a lot of good sense since you like a lot of 90s. And a lot of good G-Funk, a lot of good West Coast. They weren't dropping too many N-bombs back then. They were dropping some, but not a lot like today. So, not yeah, that many you know, like, in and comparison and contrast, in contrast. You know, it, it's just like, I, I think it's disrespectful, number one, to people that actually went through, you know, racist shit. Like, you know, if you, if you meet older black people that went through segregation, went through, you know the civil rights movement and shit like that like i think it's disrespectful to say it to them but even more so i think it's more disrespectful from our culture right because now you're taking away from our culture and replacing our culture with some other shit you know what i mean and that's what i'm not cool with i'm not cool with with chipping away at our culture and trying to dismantle it and make it something else that it's not our people and even the youngsters of today they don't understand how when they're giving the the n-word so much praise and power or so much how is it looking up to it it just keeps reminding the world especially now that you need when you see all these hispanic kids you see a completely different picture now there's like <laughs> it's just the fact that them dropping the m-bomb or or you know carrying themselves a certain way it just shows that like hey it's it's still a black it's here to stay a black dominated uh, industry yeah it's that's that's the way to go and it's like i said i hope one of these days like i said i just hope some of these kids because you know will get to look at themselves one day when they're adults and when they're a little bit more mature and hopefully they get to reflect and and you know i I want to bring up something that I don't think we really consider too much, but, you know, I always known that the influence of Southern California was creeping into Northern California, right? Especially with the Chicano culture and the different differences between Northern California and Southern California get down. And so we used to clown, you know, remember back in the day, we used to clown Norteños because they would, you know, act black, try to fucking sound black. And, you know, just the way that they carried themselves were like, damn. But at the same time, I was saying like, whoa, you know, you see a lot more uh, Southern California influences creeping into what was, you know, previously Norteño territory. And so I always saw that like, oh, it's we're inevitably going to become a part of Northern California's culture. And now here I am fucking 16 years later and I'm looking at it like, wow, it's the complete opposite. Northern California Chicano culture is now becoming, you know, Southern California culture. And and I'll say this more so for L.A., dog. L.A. Chicanos are becoming the Norteños of Southern California. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'll say that to anybody, dog. Like, the way that they carry themselves, the way that they're talking, and the way that they're rapping, like... I'm not saying you're sounding like fucking... I'm not saying you're sounding like, you know, RBL Posse or Rappin' Ron or Too Short. No, I'm saying you're bringing that shit that we used to clown on. And now you're trying to make that passable in Southern California, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That's just what I had to say. Like, ultimately, like, and what boggles me, dog, is that L.A. County is so fucking populated, dog. There's like 12 million people in just L.A. County alone. Of that, I think more than half of, of LA County is is of Mexican descent, or let's just say Latino, right? Let's just be let's be politically correct and say how much of, of LA is really Latino. Uh, I would say probably half, right? Whew. And maybe even, maybe even more. And to say that we're not the ones dictating the culture, dictating the music dictating the taste 
dictating the get down. That says a lot, dog. How the fuck are how the fuck is LA Fools playing second fiddle in their own backyard? That's what I want to know. Right? How come they're not the ones calling the shots in the music industry, in rap music, in what's popular? Yeah, 48.6% is Latino. So I just want to throw that in, dog. That's the last shit I'm going to say about that. My um, my closing thoughts. Um, I wish they actually would have had um, more beat nuts. It looks like there was only a pretty much a, a cameo from from Juju and Psycho Less was nowhere to be seen. Um, it would have been cool to see um, like they have a little, you know, he goes by Chris Rivers, but you know, big pun son. They have him, you know, earlier performing on the mic, but there's no sound. It would have been cool to hear him, you know, bust a little freestyle. And then towards like the end, I just thought it was really weird. Like, and now it's funny because I'm I'm picturing the time. They have a little one. You hear a little one song that I've never heard of out only in that documentary. And uh, that I little heard one it the other song, day. I heard that, it the other day. That little one song, I'm like, okay, this must have been a. Uh, uh, like I said, experimenting with that early 2000s because uh, he had someone that sounded like fucking Fat Man Scoop, and I'm like, what the fuck? I would have never. It, it just completely uh, tripped me out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I think he, it's on the Boogeyman album, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but uh, so wrapping this up, dog, like. What did you think of number one, the freestyles that we saw on here? That's free for you. I got no sale. Check it out on TV. Watch my shit to sell. It's gonna sell in the store. When it drops, sell out everywhere. Record shops. Much love to the mom and pops because they keep the shit going. Everybody knows that my skills they be flowing. Flowing like a shark in the motherfucking water. Don't leave me at home with your basura. <laughs> Same here. Dumpster Same juice. Here. Uh, number two, the soundtrack. Um, what I expected from now that I look at it, it's I wouldn't have expected anything better. I, I wouldn't expect nothing better. So it's with the production. It, it, like I said, it's um, not good. It's not bad, but it's not good. No, I, it's kind of bad. I don't think it does any justice to Chicano rap. You know what I mean? Especially with the fuckers freestyling on there. It's like, dog, you know, you hear this motherfucker saying, hey, you got to come with production values. You got to come with some heat. You got to come with some tight lyrics. You got to come off with some dope shit. And then you hear these motherfuckers freestyling. You're like, what the fuck is this shit? Fucking phony ass lame, homie. Go pro motherfucking gangsters, homie. What you gonna do, homie, when I catch you motherfucker slipping? <laughs> what you gonna do, homie? The fuck you gonna do, homie? You know, number two, number one, and number two, it's like, okay, that same shit I just said, why isn't, why isn't, I, and I get it, right? Like, you don't have the rights to put out certain music. Okay, well, fucking get these artists to put out some shit specifically for the soundtrack, right? Like, even if it's a few bars or if it's an unfinished song, like, have them throw something on there showcasing how fucking dope they really are, right? Because Shadow's dope, fucking Little One's dope, Sinful's dope, Cynic is dope, Sick Jackin's dope. Like, that song that they played by by Lil, uh, sorry, Slow Pain, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, that sounded like some bootleg fucking Fruit Loops beats, huh. you know what I mean? And, and rest in peace to, to Slow Pain. I don't mean to to insult his his legacy like that. To me, my favorite rappers from LA are AOT and Slow Pain. And I have a big catalog from Slow Pain's music, so I know this motherfucker has some dope shit. You know what I mean? Why put something like that that's so fucking whack unless you're purposely trying to sabotage the way that people perceive Chicano rap? You know? Right. But yeah, I mean, my closing thoughts. I thought it was cool that they they put together the underground and the mainstream, 
but it also gave you a look as to like the un, the the mainstream rappers are the ones that are on the East Coast that have a blacker appearance, blacker way of speaking, and blacker way of carrying themselves than the underground scene where the homies really draw the line on what is Chicano and what's acceptable. You know what I'm saying? For for the time being, when I remember, like I said, uh, props to the project. I, I remember I was really excited when I when I purchased it. And I'm glad that something like this didn't come out in 2021, 2020. Jesus Christ, that would have been a big old fail. But like I said, hey, it was um, somewhat of a start. It still hasn't been properly done. Would have been. Hopefully we get to see some from um, from Tony A. I hope so. Um, it I might be a little so, conflicted. It might be a little conflicted, but... Like I said, you know, I'm glad I watch it. You know, it's, it's only, it's really, truly for the, it, re- it really is truly for the Chicano rap, Hispanic, Latino rap listener, you know. But. And, and you know what? It's mostly for our generation and before, you know, so I don't think this generation would uh, appreciate it for what it's worth. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm surprised that he was able to get that many people, especially like high caliber people. Like Vargas was probably near his prime or just out of his prime uh fat joe was still like very relevant in rap music and you know yeah as a matter of fact yeah as a matter of fact he was he was on the cusp of like blowing up because i remember lean back hasn't come come out yet so yeah it wasn't he still um, hasn't blown up so but he was still very well known i mean yeah very well known the beat nuts very well known you know very respectable uh cypress hill was probably at the height of their career I'm not Cypress Hill, um, uh, uh, Psycho Realm, right? And even Cypress Hill to get people that were like still relevant, you know, in, in the music industry, right? Because they had just recently dropped Skull and Bones or something. And, you know, it's just, it was cool to see that they were that um, down on earth to do a documentary like that. I didn't like the soundtrack. I didn't like the freestyles. The production values, I mean, sometimes you could hear fucking cell phones in the background or the traffic, and I was like, oh, that's not fucking whack. <laughs> but still, like, I'll give the guy props for actually piecing something together that well. Um, do I wish that they would have gotten more into the history of Chicano rap and, you know, West Coast rap? And Because there's so much that was not covered. And yeah. I wish they would have thrown in fucking, you know, Kid Frost in there. I wish they would have thrown in Night Owl. I wish they would have given us a little bit more from like AOT and and um, and you know uh, other people. Like I thought Julio G was gonna have a bigger part, but you know, kind of just skimmed over him. Right. I only thought that uh, only thing that was um, pretty cool to just close it out. I liked how they showed a clip of inside a uh, old school fan art before it got raided by the FBI. <laughs> and uh, he actually, you know, he showed a man that I used to buy CDs from. So that was pretty cool. Um, he used to sell CDs and also used to sell all these big portraits. You know, I remember I bought one one time. It was like a, a tiger cub, a tiger mom holding her, you know, her tiger cub. And she was like, you know, posing really sick with it, with the cub in her mouth. So, hmm. yeah, that's just pretty much uh, my, my, uh, my closing thoughts on that, man. Cool. Uh, any shout outs you want to give before we uh, end the episode? Yeah, I just want to say, um, obviously, shout out to ALR and GPA, man. Hopefully, we get to record in our next episode. And I'll oh, scratch that. I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to shout out. Shout out to um, ALR and GPA. Yeah, man. Shout out to ALR and GPA. Shout out to Joni for constantly showing us support. Shout out to oh. the original Chicano Rap channel. Shout out to San Diego Rap History. Shout out to Barrio Star. Shout out to anybody that's listening and supporting our podcast. With that said, like we always say, just chill to the the next next episode. episode. Boom. Peace.